What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. Mm-hmm. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some, you know, bad language, but uh, that's not really our style. No. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13, mild profanity, and puppet nudity. Puppet nudity. Also, spoiler alert. If you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 7, Pantheon nomination, number 9, Kubo and the Two Strings. Nominated by Nathan Ryan Plantinga. And our guest voter tonight is Kenton... No! No. It's me! It's Mr. Miggity Mac. Wonderful. Before we get to any of that... Let's chat about Pantheon. Let's. Mr. Miggity Mac. Yes. What is Pantheon? Pantheon movies are those that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing. And let's not forget that X Factor. The je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what that means. Darn it, it's a good joke. Bet they are the best of their genre. There are nine members on the AV Council, and every three weeks, one of these members nominates a movie. So then everyone else, all the other members, get a vote, yes or no, with a write-up. They have like a 500-word write-up. They can't just say yes or no. And then there's a guest voter. In this case, it is moi. And the Facebook poll itself, with all of the folks in the Facebook group, they get to vote. That counts as a single vote. Total of 11. Nine council members, one guest voter, Facebook poll. And... In order for a movie to make it in, it has to get at least seven votes, a two-third majority. Oh, well, there you go. We have had eight other movies so far that we've we talked about this year. This is the last council vote before we get to our guest voter next yes, time. Yes, And uh, we'll do a little rundown and tell me yes or no with the votes. Did it get in? Okay. Our first one, Brad, had nominated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, Almost, but no. Point Break. Not even close. Muppets Treasure Island. Even further away. No. When Harry Met Sally. Absolutely, yes. Willy Wonka. And The Chocolate Factory. Almost clean sweep of ten yeses. Spirited Away. Yes, eight votes. And the last one that we just talked about Mm -hmm. is The Best Little Whore House in Texas. It was close, but it was no. Wow. So, before we get into this, since we're talking about Kubo and the Two Strings, I wanted to ask you a question, thinking about movies that you liked particularly. Yes. Stop motion animation yes. films. Like, I think back to the, the films that uh, I, I watched as a kid. You got Rudolph uh, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You got the, the Island of Misfit Toys yeah, the and stuff. claymation ones, right? And then uh, going on, uh, I've got other ones that have come out more recently. Yeah. You've got Chicken Run. The You've got Link. Wallace and Gromit. And yeah. Missing Link. James and, and the Giant Peach. Yeah. The so, Corpse Bride. Um, any of these particularly strike your fancy? So I tell you, uh, just just it, close to my heart yeah. were the old original Rudolph and and uh, and uh, Frosty the Snowman type movies. But the one that is, that get that is most memorable for me 
and it just blew me away was when I went to see King Kong 70 something something. Oh, you, I thought you were talking about 30, 1933 no. version that you saw that well, in I was the only theater. six that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the, the King Kong and, and this giant fight between him and this lizard. And he ends up ripping the lizard's head in half for the upper jaw one way, yeah. the lower jaw, all in claymation and the climbing of the of the of the uh, Chrysler Building sure. in New York. That was uh, that was amazing to me. It looked so real, even though I was aware that it was models. It still looked so good to me. So I'm a little more lukewarm on uh, these films, not because of any reason. It's just I haven't found any that particularly struck my fancy. But mm-hmm. I can say that my wife's favorite favorite is that Rudolph uh, from you know the original, old, old, one. the original um, mm-hmm. with bumbles that bounce. I watch it, and I, I think what bothers me is the electronic buzzing noise of Rudolph's nose. <laughs> And, uh, and, and like it just—it's like fingers, fingernails on a chalkboard. Uh, every time I hear it, I'm like, "Oh man, I could, I could go for some reindeer steaks." So, oh, they are delicious. By the way. <laughs> we'll let you salt. All right, let's talk some movie facts about sure. Kubo and the Two Strings. We've Do got that. a PG movie genre fantasy adventure directed by Travis Knight, oh, who is the Chili T. Uh, yeah, Chili T, the rapper. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, written by Mark Hames, Chris Butler, produced by Arian uh, Sutner, Travis Knight as well. Cinematography by. Frank Passingham, edited by Christopher Murray, music by Dario Marinelli, production Laco, owned by Travis Knight. Yeah, and his father. Uh, and his fa- father, a nice gift. Distributed by Focus Pictures, released August 19, wide in the U.S., 2016, with a runtime of 102 minutes. This film is starring people like Charlize Theron, Art Parkinson, Ralph Yenis, uh, Rooney Mara, George Takei, and Matthew McConaughey. So I learned how to say George Takei's name properly from George Takei himself on the YouTubes and on TV, but I really don't know how to say Ralph Fiennes, 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 Fiennes. I'm not making fun of you, good sir, as you clearly well, listen to yeah, this podcast. Yeah. I'm just apologizing Let's... for how we will be butchering your name. Shout out to point. Ralphie boy. Ralph, Ralph. Ralph. Synopsis of the movie, IMDb, why don't you give it to me? Yeah, well, a young boy named Kubo must locate a magical suit of armor worn by his late father in order to defeat a vengeful spirit from the past. Straight from the IMDb little Mm -hmm. uh, little blurb on it. So, uh, across the board, talking about ratings here, IMDb gives it a 7.7 out of 10, Metacritic with their aggregate scores, gives it an 84 based on 38 reviews, a user score 8.1, we'll get to that. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes has this very high at 97% fresh. Uh, the audience score is not as positive, but it is still up there 86%. Mm. Google, 80% likes it. I always include the Google, but it doesn't really mean anything. I've never seen anything lower than 80%. And it it confirms at a certain point, you know, when the the audience score is high, the Google score tends to be high. Otherwise, Google is, you know... So there was plenty of reviews to choose from for Rotten Tomatoes to give you a sampling of the reviews that are out there. But I, I chose one from a very renowned and well-established source. Why don't you yes. go ahead and read that first one? Uh, Nell Minow. 
Yeah. Who is uh, Movie Mom. Oh! <laughs> that, that's what she is, yeah. yeah. Uh, a gorgeous epic adventure with grandeur, scope, and a spectacular settings. Wonderfully imaginative. Now, I had to scroll through like 12 pages to find the to three find rotten bad reviews in there, but the uh, Walter V. Adejo. Walter, don't hold back. From San Francisco Chronicle, a rotten, said if the film's plotting and dialogue had measured up, Kubo might have been a masterpiece. That one stings a little. Yeah. It's like, if it weren't for your face, you'd be beautiful. <laughs> you know, if we just <laughs> took out the music... This movie would be boring. That's <laughs> a music. Okay. Snazzy. <laughs> all right. Metacritic reviews. These are also just reviewers that that uh, that we've picked from different places. Sure. Dominic Suzanne Mayer from Consequence. Metacritic rates this as a ninety-one. Her 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 blurb is a simple story told well can still be effective if the emotional resonance underneath it comes through in kubo it absolutely does thanks to the uniformly excellent voice performances hmm. well jordan hoffman from the guardian gave it uh, his his review was rated a 40 yes uh, little kids will be bored as there are only a few scenes with any action and of those only one featuring an enormous skeleton with swords sticking out of its skull has any oomph you know, just before we got here, sitting mm. and I was looking at some stuff and I had uh, an image from Kubo and the Two Strings and my daughter, who, she's uh, 16, so not, not a little kid, but she she would have been uh, young, younger when right. she watched this, sure. that she said, uh, I'm not sure I liked that film. Like, so the, 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 that's, scary. that is anecdotal. No, she didn't say a little scary. It's oh. just she didn't care didn't for care it for one it. way or the yeah, other. Yeah, anecdotal. I mean, because this is, I got to say this, and we'll get into more of this later, but this is the kind of movie that I believe people either really like it or they really don't connect with it at all. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's rake through the hoi polloi sure. of Metacritic user reviews. 8.1, mm. 474 positive, 41 middle, and 27 negative. The first one, mm -hmm. uh, Ozymandias, 79, rated it 10. Wasn't expecting to be blown away by Kubo and the Two Strings. This is a perfect film. The animation, humor, and voice acting are outstanding. Everything, and A, plus, 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 plus. So, uh, from the negative side, Lennon S. gave this a Three. Mm. While Kubo is lovely to look at, and I can't help but credit the time that was painstakingly put forth into making this film, reminds me a lot of Fantastic Mr. Fox. However, unlike Mr. Fox that I did find very enjoyable and funny, Kubo is masterful a masterful, dull movie. I've honestly yet to understand all the praise put forth. Are we at a point when visuals alone are art? And take a back seat to a good to good storytelling. Well, I don't feel as strongly uh, negative as Lennon S. I do actually. It it does it does resonate with me a little bit. There. So, Mister Miggity Mac. Yes. Sir. Before we turn the page. Yes, sir. I have got a treat for you. Wait. A treat Wait. of treats. Wait. We thought he was gone forever. But he's not. Hold on. Hold, you're saying yeah. that the reviewer of all reviewers on Metacritic amongst the hoi polloi 
is back. And our listeners know his name and they can shout enjoy with us oh, as no. well. You know who it is? It's Spangle! Spangle gives this a seven. Why don't you go ahead and read this one off? Oh, I will be honored to. The film is impeccably animated with phenomenal visual effects. That said, its plot, quote, twists are too obvious and the film can drag in parts while never utilizing its strong supporting cast enough in comparison to the quality they bring to this film. Overall, it's a good film. The rating was seven, by the way. I mm-hmm. skipped that part. Overall, it is a good film, but lacks that extra bit to make it a great one. There you go. So, yeah. a nuanced view from Spangle. And Spangle, welcome back to the fold. Welcome we thought back, Spangle. We thought you were gone. You, you know haven't what? shown up. All right, let's Here. raise a toast to Spangle. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, there right. we go. Oh, mm. cheers. Mm. What you, mm, wait, hold on. I get I get notes of wood and... It's a double cast. Uh, uh, McKellen 12 that oh, we're drinking delicious. tonight. Yes, a 12-year-old Highland single malt scotch whiskey mm. we're drinking tonight. Oh, it pairs well with peanut stuff. M&M's, by the way. Ooh, yes. Let's go over to our AV Facebook page and see what our video sure. landers have, uh, have got to say about... This movie, you Ver- know, they they always have very verbose, yeah, fleshed out, loquacious, loquacious, even. <laughs> deliciously loquacious, and uh, of those who who relish in loquacity, as it were, <laughs> loquacity. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll say that's a word. Uh, Alessio Pasquale. Oh, always good for like our, a two or three paragraphs oh, of yes. very delightful, very. Full, well-rounded comments. So, to read his uh, his 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 reasoning, yeah, in comment in full, yeah, um, yes. All right. Well, Javier uh, Hernandez, <laughs> not to be outdone not by to Aless- be outdone, Alessio, says yes. Wow, we are That's just two yeses. It's like AGT over here. We are cranking out the hits with all the rationale. Scott Heard Liska. Says, amazing, especially in 3D. I did not see this film in 3D. The D stands for dimension. (laughs) So I've heard. (laughs) So I've heard. I didn't see this movie in 3D, but I can imagine that the very colorful, very, very well done graphics were amazing in 3D. Lisa Fernandez says, Mm -hmm. I haven't gushed over a stop motion animated film since James and the Giant Peach until Kubo. I bought it on DVD and I rewatch this one at least once a month. This one makes my heart happy. Gorgeous film. Joshua McLaughlin. Excerpt from his longer note. And this is his final line. He truly was loquacious. It's a wonderful film on an artistic level alone, along with being a great piece of family entertainment. And represents what awarding films with Pantheon status is all about. In his estimation. High praise. There you go. Vincent Suarez says, Kubo is an unsung masterpiece and is arguably, like us, crowning achievement. It's also a glorious 3D experience, both theatrically and at home. It's among my most prized 3D discs. I would have to say among my most prized 3D movie viewing, which I don't always like 3D movies. Oh, I know where you're going. But, honest to goodness, and I did not expect to enjoy this at all People need as to listen much in. as I did. But this is high 
of this is like very strong recommendation. Honest to God, from someone who's not really a 3D viewer here. My favorite 3D movie is Jackass 3D. Jackass 3D. That was so well done. People are going to think that we're kidding because they might not have seen it in 3D. Oh, man. We were in the theater Mm. with the glasses, Mm -hmm. uh, with all manner of things flying at our faces. We bought the 3D tickets on a lark that day. Yeah. Because we we didn't have too many options. Yeah. And uh, it it was honestly wonderful. So It was fabulous. The... um, but uh, yeah, so if you're ever up for an interesting uh, non-high uh, art, oh yeah, not, it's not a serious yeah, movie. That uh, that it, it was well done there. Well, I, and I I just uh, even though this is unrelated to what we're talking about tonight, mm-hmm. is unrelated to the movie mm-hmm. and everything else. I do want to hearken back once again to the incredible thing that was mentioned last time last last podcast yeah uh and there was the idea of uh while baby seals being clubbed while what's new pussycat plays on loop and i just can't get that out of my head (laughs) (laughs) what's new pussycat (laughs) (laughs) it was man so that was, uh, our, fa- our video landers are creative are people. Creative and folks. And you have placed uh, an earworm in my brain with that one. Mm. So thank you for that. Mm-mm. Why don't you guide us down the path of receipts? You betcha. So uh, Kubo and the Two Strings was released, as you said, August of 2016. And uh, directed by Travis Knight, who also directed, for example, Bumblebee. Yeah. Production budget of $60 million, domestic gross $48 million, but worldwide $76.2. In uh, 2016, the average movie theater ticket was uh, cost $8.65. So doing a little math, taking the domestic gross of $48 million, dividing by uh, uh, average ticket price, we get our patented, copyrighted, trademarked, a BSI, Butts in Seats Index, a measurement. And this is how we can uh, compare movies across different eras because yep. the tickets cost different amounts. So $48 million divided by 865 is 5.5 and change million butts in seats for Not this uh, quite domestic. full Facebook fight, standard. Fight, uh, fight Club. No, sorry, Fight Club which standard. Which everyone knows. 7.3 7. million. 7.3 million, as yeah. everyone knows. So... It did not reach the full Fight Club standard. It's still not as low as we have seen, where it's like in the thousands. Well, and it didn't make money domestically, but with worldwide, it did pull in an extra. Sure. It got 16 point, It made $16.2 million. They didn't lose money on the movie. Yeah. So some comparisons. I picked some comparisons with the same director, with the same... With the same style, with the same with the same production company, but anyway, Coraline came out February sixth, two thousand nine, almost the same length, hundred minutes. Was directed by Henry Selick, which did who did The Nightmare Before Christmas and some others. Production budget of sixty million dollars, also domestic gross though seventy five point three million, and globally one hundred twenty four point six, so double its budget. In two thousand nine, the average ticket price was seven dollars fifty cents. So. The BSI, or Butts and Seats Index, was 10.04, a uh, little over 10 million butts and seats. 
Next movie is Nine. And yes. I actually... I, 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 so I saw this one, and I liked mm-hmm. this one. I liked this movie. Yeah, September 9, 2009, 92 Minute by Sean Acker. Production budget of $30 million. Domestic gross... 31.7, so I made a million point seven dollars domestically. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, 48.4 million. Mm-hmm. Came out same year, so... Average ticket price in uh, 2009, $7.50 for a BSI of 4.2 million. Right. So now, uh, Henry Selleck just talked about... Uh, he, he worked on Nightmare Before Christmas. He also directed James and the Giant Peach. Uh, April 12th, 1996. I had forgotten it was quite that old, by the way. Production budget of $38 million. Domestic gross, 28.9. It was also its worldwide. And a lot of people don't realize that at least in the theater, James and Giant Peach did not make money. They lost money, $10 million or so. Average ticket price in uh, 1996 was $4.42. So it had a BSI of $6.54 million. Missing Link. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, same Leica Studios, right? Yes. August 12, 2019, 93 minutes. Production budget of 100 million buckaroonies. Mm-hmm. Domestic gross. It must be like like way over $100 million. <laughs> Domestic gross, $16.6 million. Ooh, a stinker. Now, you, you say, what about worldwide? Well, worldwide, it makes all that money. They always seem to make up their money worldwide, right? Worldwide, it makes $26.5 million. Ah, those investors lost their shirt. How would you feel about losing $75 million? I, I, I would feel swindled. Average ticket price, $9.16. BSI of $1.81 million. It's one of the lower BSIs we've had this year. Mm-hmm. Now, Paranorman... Uh, came out August 17, 2012. They seem to like this. This studio seems to like releasing movies yeah. in August, by the way. August 17, 2012. 92 minutes, about the same length. They like that length of movie. Directed by Chris Butler, same as Paranorman. Production budget, $60 million once again. Domestic gross, $56 million, but worldwide, $107.1. Uh, average ticket price in 2012 was seven ninety six. So the BSI is seven point oh three million, almost a Fight Club standard for all that the mo- of all the movies that we looked at. Coraline is the only one that crosses the Fight Club standard to ten uh, to get ten point and made money million. domestically <laughs> and made money domestically. All the rest of these are not even <laughs> one Fight Club. Huge, they're financially financially losers. Yeah. Every single one of these movies. Didn't do as well. This would this would maybe, maybe, with this small data set, make you think, hold on, stop motion movies are not that popular in the U.S. I disagree. They are. I think they're just not in the theater. Yeah, I think that you probably make a lot of that money back on DVD with sales. DVD and, and streaming and whatever. And, and the rest, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, not in the theater. And, like, I don't know what the rationale is for putting them out in August or whether it's to say, like, maybe this is the last movie you get to see before you have to go back to school. Maybe. Or... Or it's a beginning of the school year type thing. I don't know. Or maybe that's just the way their production cycle works. They wrap stuff up in June, and so it actually gets out by August. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Uh, But it's a choice. But it's a choice they're making, clearly, because they've done it repeatedly with only one of them coming out in September. All right. So... Before we dive into our deep dig, that yes. we've got uh, this, uh, we're going to take a break because going with this? Uh, right around this time is that uh, we have this little special thing that the council members uh, 
tend to to bring us stuff. Oh, and uh, it's a gift. It's not a gift, and I, I I don't even know if we should play around anymore. Just like create a jingle to be like bribe time, bribe time. You know it is bribe time. <laughs> so we got we got something from we Nathan got a bribe. Ryan Plantinga. Here we go. Oh, hold on. What oh, do you got there? Here we go. What is this? This here. I'll give that to you. Uh, I don't. I don't. Oh, this I is. Feel like this is a this is a reproduction of Kubo's. And his mother's stringed instrument made from construction paper and scotch tape. And is that some sort of a guitar? Uh, yes, like a three-stringed lute. Yeah, right there. Yeah, Jap- Japanese, I'm going to guess. I mean, if, a, if, if I were a... look di- at it from the yeah, side... Yeah, no, if I were a different man... You I... have, just as I could visually describe this, there's a black rough cylinder right yeah and then at one end there's a like a bulbous head bulbous head and at the other end there are two are they, those aren't wheels are they dangly round things mm. just dangling off the other end like a sack of some sort. Like, it so, could be a rock you know what have you that ever seen the blue origin rocket there you go i've never seen prince's 1999 album yeah because the one looks suspiciously like looks this shape very right much here. Like Jeff Bezos' rocket ship right there. <laughs> oh, look. It even lands standing oh. erect. <laughs> the plan was to make you each a nice origami. Aha. Penis. For the episode. Sorry, I <laughs> forgot to read. go to the next line. But as it turns out, origami is really difficult. So this is all you get. LOL. That's I great. hope you enjoy it. I do. It's going on the special I only shelf. had time to make one, and so that's... you're going to have to fight it out to see who gets to take it I home. win. I have the shaft in my hand, and I'm taking it home. He gets the shaft all the time. Hope you enjoyed the nomination, Nathan. Nathan, you have you have set the bar at a, I don't know. A very specific at level. At a very specific level. And now, uh, just all kidding aside, we actually, while we enjoy the the, the, the yeah. gifts, the bribes, whatever, while we enjoy this game, it doesn't matter to me what actually shows up because all these things are a memory yeah. of the experience of doing watching the movie. We watch many of these movies together. Oh yeah. And then we do the podcast and the time it takes to write it up and do the research in the background. I learned so much. Oh yeah. And, and so, so these little things are great. These memories. are fun. These these are mementos. Absolutely. Uh, and I've got uh, I've got my dog tags from Saving Private Ryan nomination mm-hmm. hanging in my car. My daughter has a room key to the Bates Motel mm-hmm. on her keychain. Key yeah, that I've got the red cap from Life Aquatic and Steve Zissou in the Life Aquatic. I wore that you on our last that trip to the on, cottage. Yeah. I've got the book at home that my son is reading about Spirited Away. I have a full script, an original script from The Godfather, sitting on the shelf back there. Yeah. Uh, so we we very much appreciate these uh, these things, and and, and whether all or the not... swag we got from Willy Wonka. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. So uh, let's go ahead. We'll do a deep dig here on the nomination. Um, this has been. Among my favorite Pantheon seasons of all time, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spirited Away, Willy Wonka, to The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Muppet Treasure Island, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, all over the map. So many of the nominations came straight from the hearts and, uh, of, the, of the nominators in the spirit of solidarity. 
I decided to nominate a movie that I fell immediately in love with upon release. A movie that I think about often, but rarely hear discuss Kubo and the Two Strings. And, and I'll, I'll echo that there is this season has been very interesting. It has that been. We've had other seasons that, that um, I wouldn't call them safe, but they, they stuck to the to the well worn paths that you would expect to you know trying the, to win the godfather trying to win stuff then those are great movies and they belong in pantheon but yeah this season we've been just everywhere yeah uh and uh people swung for the fence and, oh, and yeah. some of them lost and some of them won uh like yeah. like uh, uh like you wouldn't know beforehand that that teenage mutant ninja turtles would get in but muppets treasure island wouldn't you right. know so Correct. Kubo is one of the most visually appealing movies I've ever seen. It's obviously beautifully animated. Anyone will immediately notice that with painstakingly gorgeous stop-motion animation from what I love. But what I love the most is just how vibrantly colorful it is. Nathan goes on to tell about the, the story itself and the characters involved. It's a story of loss, love and loss, of humanity, humanity and godliness, of the magic inherent in storytelling and music, and of the power of memories. Uh, the Moon King is very touching. Kubo's ants, played by Rooney Mara, are just so badass guys in the end. I'm nominating Kubo and the Two Strings because the previous nominations this season inspired me to step out and take a risk. I, I don't hear people talking about this movie very often. I generally don't know how any of the council members uh, or the Facebook poll is going to vote. But this is the season to step up and try something different. So that's what I'm doing. If you must blink... Do it now. Do it now. So, uh, let, let's uh, let's first talk about some uniquenesses and challenges uh, of this movie as a nomination for Pantheon right. consideration to the council members who have to vote on it. So, at first glance, someone might look at this and be like, oh, it's two sort of Japanese animation we movies just did in a row. We just away did two away. Ago, yeah. This is not a Japanese animation. This is... This is a, a Jap this is a story set with an Asian storyline. Perhaps Japanese. Uh, I am too ignorant. To it's Japanese. Separate. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. My point is it has an Asian it has a Japanese storyline, but it's not a Japanese animation. It, it is a stop motion film that happens to follow a Japanese story. Um, so the unique element about this is that it's it's um it's not the kind of movie that most people I think would uh, choose to watch. Like I've got, I've got, I'm looking on my streaming list, and here's 25 movies: Kubo and the Two Strings. It's just gonna drift back there. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have kids with you, then or, it's or really never seen pop. it, or if you've never seen it, right? Then when it starts in, though, it starts in and it builds and builds and builds like there's gonna be this amazing, like something like crazy amazing is gonna happen, but the story has a slow burn to it. It doesn't just kick off. I mean, the, I know the very first scene is her, his mom running away with the baby and the you know getting swamped in the ocean and so on. But it doesn't just start off as like blam. It actually starts off rather mundane, with Kubo's life essentially as a kid running to town doing his thing. He's got some kind of magic power with with the uh, origami and his and his uh, stringed instrument. And, it, and it's not clear why his mom is so off. You know, um, and it, and it kind of slowly builds into that part of the story. Uh, I think that uh, a uniqueness of this movie 
is the beauty of the animation. It reminded me of the way I felt watching um, uh, uh, the Disney Mexican... Coco. Coco, sorry. Uh, it reminded me quite a bit of the, the beauty of the backdrops and the sets that were in Coco. Not identical, but like with the same amount of effort, right? You know, and time put into it. And I think that makes it, you know, that makes it fairly unique for this yeah, kind of movie. Yeah, and we don't have any other stop motion uh, type movies uh, that are in Pantheon currently. I don't think so, no. Um, there are kids movies. Yes. There are movies that have music. Yes. There are movies that are set in Japan. There are movies that have magic and, and, and music and, 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 and family the that kids, you're trying to reconnect with. The kids' with quest journey. And the quest, yeah. But not, not like this. Um, it did remind me a bit, uh, and this was one of the challenges, it reminded me a bit of a bunch of different movies kind of pushed together. You've got Coco. You've got Spirited Away. You've got several other movies. There was even some Star Wars, what, what I would consider Star Wars. Not yeah, refer not that was because of the samurai connection. Yeah, and... no, but also the the little spirit family members yeah. that would in yeah. blue yeah. that would show up, you know, and like you could kind of commune with them. But but they weren't explicitly Star Wars references. I just mean that they were similar to that. So you, and uh, the little forest creatures and stuff in my mind, I'm like. Yeah, we're in Return of the Jedi on the forest moon. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but but on the other hand, um, this had its own storyline threaded through it. Uh, and I think an, one of the challenges was referred to by a couple of the reviewers where they said that the story wasn't as strong as it could have been. And I did feel that the story kind of had these some of these weird little jumps and, and hiccups in it where things didn't connect completely together. Well, the... Uh... And that, yes, as far as a challenge goes, that you have to connect with the story and you have to, you have to like the pace of it. Yes. And, and if it's, if it's not, it's not going to hit for you. It's not going to hit for you. Um, that the acting, uh, and we will get to that a little bit more, right. is the, um, the acting is not necessarily to, in my estimation, and it might be for other council members, consistently excellent across the board nope so uh that might be something else and like so um is the story something that that is going to be able enough to be, push it over um is there an x factor that you watched this at a certain time in your life or you connected it with in a certain way in my in my opinion you know, that x factor was was the animation itself but if the purpose of the movie is to show the animation and one of the reviewers made a comment about this. If the purpose of the movie is to demonstrate the animation, that doesn't make it a Pantheon movie. That just means it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, right? necessarily. Nece necessarily. That just. I'm not saying it includes yeah. it. I'm saying if that's the purpose, that's not enough yeah. by itself. Any other challenges that you would you would uh, say that council members might run into with um, this movie? I, as I said earlier, I think I don't think just in reading the reviews, people either really connect with this movie or they just don't and i think that those that just don't um might be there might be enough of them to keep this from getting into pantheon so there is an issue that i don't know if it will present itself or not but it is something that somebody might wrestle with is that this movie could be uh accused of whitewashing 
that cultural cultural whitewashing like a, a because, kind of video well because um it was a japanese story but then the actors and actresses are charlize theron and ralph says mm-hmm. is matthew mcconaughey and matthew mcconaughey yeah. you know like he did all right all right so right. uh and that the 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 animators and like you you're watching the list and it's not it's not uh it's not yeah. Japanese names that nope. you're watching that that, nope. that these are very westernized names. But that and... doesn't mean that in order to do a Japanese story, you have to have Japanese people working on it. It doesn't mean nope. that. It just means that some some people might say that, and this is going to be a challenge for the movie. And I'm not saying that I necessarily. Nope. That... It's a it's a challenge for getting in pantheon. That's what we're talking about. Some might say that. Uh, it's it's people who are not from a given culture making a movie that's steeped in a given culture versus Spirited Away, which was born out of a culture. Yes, completely. Right. Yes. Even Coco Disney made a point. Uh, we talked about Coco a minute ago. Disney made a point of including lots of people. Maybe not everybody. I'm aware of yeah. that, but lots of people who grew up with that culture and knew how and it worked and what would be included in it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, just talking. Around the issues of all the things that people might mm-hmm. think about or, or, or We're wrestle with. We're not critiquing with. the film. Yeah. I, just to be clear, I'm not critiquing the film. I'm only talking about what its uniqueness and challenges were. Any any insights, before we go into the, the nitty-gritty breakdown, any, any insights or thoughts that you have? I did. You know, after we watched it, after we watched it, I spent some time thinking about my gut reaction to it, in that I thought, well, while watching it, I'm like... it. It wants to be a stop motion film, but it's a CGI film. It's it's more than a it's more than an animated film. It's a CGI film, and but it's a CGI film done in the style of stop motion. So is it a stop motion film, or is it a CGI film, or is it puppetry, or a mi- or, or in and the art it, world they would call mixed mixed materials. Mi- yeah, yeah, exactly. So. So mixed material because right? they so, they had puppets they or they had figurines that no, they moved they had puppets they, they had full on full size puppets yeah like the skeleton and the, and the yeah. dragon right they had they had full puppets they had little figurines but they also had uh, 2D characters and for the being, background like the field full of what was supposed to be sort of grass or wheat or whatever flowing yeah. and the and the water scenes those were full on CGI so. Yeah. As opposed to Rudolph, where it's everything is cotton. Everything balls. is everything is literally clay. It's yeah. Play-Doh. Take a picture, slightly move it. Take a picture, add all the pictures together. That's Rudolph, right? Yeah. The 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 the, the water is aluminum foil, yes. tin foil back then. Yeah. That, yeah. That, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So so in this case, it so my insight is that after I thought about it, it clicked in my head. This is stop motion, but. It's stop motion done with modern materials. So it's a stop motion film. All right, fine. So no hangups on that. And I felt a little better about the the style and calling it a stop motion. But I was, I was just really kind of hung up in my head of what do I call this movie? What is it? Ex- what is it really? Stop motion. But it's stop motion done in a even better style than, you know, even like Nightmare and, and James and Giant Peach and some of those that were literally more like felt and, and, and models and puppets and you know yeah. 2d slash 3d type animation so you and i were noting some of the scenes where it's like oh check it out this center part is all moving and everything else is static 
Of course, it would have taken them years to make this yeah. movie otherwise. Yeah, but that was the same style that they would have used for Sleeping Beauty or, or whatever, Absolutely. where they've got different panes and the ones in the back yep. are static. And they just or, layer them yeah. one over the next. So, um, as a, we'll hold off on an insight, but the there I do want at some point to talk about the end credit scene. Okay. And the animation and the music on the because we were we even mentioned that, but I oh, want to yeah. circle back to okay, that. Okay, fine. Um, so acting and casting. So I, I I hate to say it because this guy it hits on my favorite list all the time, but in my opinion and only my opinion, I thought Matthew McConaughey phoned it in. Yeah, and uh, I would not disagree with that. That the yes, he dialed back, and this is from a quote that I saw from somebody else mm-hmm. who was talking about it. Dialed back his Texas Texan accent and stuff like that, but. Um, he was less consistent than others. Yes. I will say this, that um, for me, I'm not always a huge fan of Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. And, um, in general? Um, I loved her in Monster. Yeah, so, but like, I'm not, like, I'm not gaga gotcha. over her. Right, right. So, um, she, she was there. She yep. did her job, but she I wasn't like, I wasn't at Kubo. I was enamored by that. That character was amazing. It really, he really was. And the, and I the loved sisters, the sisters exactly. The sisters I they were, were great. Over the top. Even grandfather, but but and the 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 uh, the 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 little I don't remember what her name was. The little lady grandma. from the vi- yeah from the village, right? Yeah, she, she wasn't was, grandma, but no, like the old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His grandma, his grandma figure, I guess. She was totally cool. She, I got this feeling from her, like. The old lady who I think only did one movie in her entire life from uh, Star Wars: Ep- The Phantom Menace, who was sitting in the in the town and was telling Anakin like to go go get inside before the dust storm gets. I don't even remember exactly what she yeah. said, but it was like this memorable, like craggy, character filled, real life yeah. person. And I thought that I felt that same feeling about the little old lady from the village. She was so nice, and then of course she pops up later, you know. So directing. No, and editing, I and don't... Uh, and and if you have to bleed into screenplay and story because they're connected. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that this the story could have been put together differently. But so I so I would give the editing uh, less than high marks on this one. But that's my opinion once again. But I think that um, uh, directing, you know. If directing bleeds back into the care, the uh, acting as well, right? Because the actors are going to give the performance the director's asking for, for the most part. I think that uh, this, I think these are two areas where this film had problems. Yeah, they, they, it is. Uh, well, and so I, I liked, not loved, but I liked the story. Mm-hmm. I thought there was elements that could have been unpacked, explained more. Um, like explored more there were things that just got dropped things and um and uh the pacing on it for me was a little like dragged at a little at times for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
So, like, I would kind of com- combine these uh, together. So, mm-hmm. as far as editing, editing kind of bleeds over into the stop motion choices of the filming and yeah, stuff. But, but, but also, editing is how was the story assembled? In what order? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you flip these three, if you change the order of these three scenes, you get a different version of the story slightly, right? Yeah. So, editing also comes into, like, the order in which the scenes actually were in the final cut. Uh, and I don't. I don't think that you know. I think that it, I think it suffered a bit. I think that having Travis Knight as director uh, might have been part of the problem, and, and he he may be a very nice guy. I don't know anything about him you know, other than a little bit of his past, uh, who his family is, and that he did this movie and he's helped on several others. But it's not like he was involved in this giant, dramatic, graphically beautiful movie, yeah. and he had like eighteen films under his belt. He did not. Well, and like, uh, and he was helping write this story as well. And I think like Coraline, which is, which is often like held up as something very special, was was a screenplay by Neil Gaiman, who is well established and well beloved. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, as far as cinematography, this was beautiful. It was beautiful, and the locations were beautiful, and. There was a there was some sets that maybe even uh, you, ch- you chatted about some of them were, were muted were muted colors or a little bland, but maybe by maybe to set the mood and tone of the scene I suppose, but really in general this thing was done really well, and um, there were elements of it that just were very were just incredible and this bleeds into special effects and yeah, notables right. and the special effects and notables is just the, the, the whole, whole thing yeah 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 but like the the ship made out of leaves and then it's falling apart it, mm. it, like it, it was it was just gorgeously constructed uh-huh. even more so than that that the the giant skeleton demon guy was just yep very cool very cool um, very cool and the the way they did the origami uh, it's a it's a you would almost think it's a small little uh, detail, but it becomes so much a part of the story of these plain squares of paper that before your eyes, and I get it's an animation, of course they change before your eyes, but for me, I get sucked into movies, right? And so it's a plain square of paper that becomes a living, apparently breathing soldier or bird yeah. or whatever. It was they, That was beautiful. That effect was amazing. They used it just the right amount. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that that element of it too, and and I think that that's all a part of how they did the cinematography locations and special effects as well. So, those all went together. I what think. What about very the well. score and music? So there were times where there was nothing behind the movie, right? Yeah. And there were times where there was music behind the movie that gave you a feeling of like uh, uh like the what the emotion of was. But really, the piece of the score that I truly enjoyed, you mentioned already, was there at the end, that uh that it it, it wasn't. I don't know, and the question is, is it part of the movie or not? Yeah, yes, yes, it's the end credit scene that they do a cover of "While My Guitar, While gently, my guitar weeps, gently Weeps." That it's in an Oriental style, or like it's, I'm sorry, yeah, apologize on the word, it's a Japanese style. Yeah, it's stylized. It's, it's stylized. It's, it sounds like Asian music, and now you recognize the what it is. It's really beautiful. Yeah, and and I I was actually hearing that song in my sleep when I fell asleep that night after it's we a great watched song. it. So. Uh, it's it's really good, and I thought that was that was no. Was the entire score uh, great? Well, I have two. I, I have actually three. I have three kinds of scores. 
scores where I felt like the the score itself didn't do anything for the film. Ambient, fun music. ambient. Yeah, ambient, fun music, but it was just like they just found licenses for these 10 songs and played yeah. them and they became the album later. Scores that disappear, they they are a part of the feeling, the emotion of the movie, but the music itself wasn't memorable. And then the scores where the music was memorable. This yeah. was the second time. Like it or if you even if you don't like the movie Man of Steel, you know the you know the the, well, the yeah, yeah. and you're like but oh Star Trek even if you don't Star like Trek the movies, the newest right? Star Trek movie the, the music but, behind them is absolutely yeah. or even all the stuff that uh, that that uh, uh, that um, they did for Indiana Jones and Star yeah, Wars yeah. John Williams yeah. scores you know you know that stuff those are those top end you know this was uh, in the middle yeah. That it that it didn't necessarily have a memorable motif, right? That you, that you you pulled out and you're like, oh, this is the Kubo motif, or right. this is the mom. This motif, is the this scene is... where he found the helmet. This is the scene. Yeah. But you'll hear a John Williams tune, and you'll be like, that's Indiana Jones theme, that's Darth Vader's theme. Yeah, that's this is the scene where this is the scene where such and such happened. Like you 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 almost visualize it when you hear the music. This is this was the middle kind. It was serviceable. But that last bit was really beautiful. X Factor for you. I mean, not for me. You know, I, I guess a part of it was just that the animation was was so beautiful. Um, but you know, if I'm going to put that in the category with cinematography and locations uh, and special effects, I can't also put it in X Factor, right? Yeah, yeah. And, the, um, and certainly there's an appreciation for the work that went into this. And that has to, like... Of course. It, it, has, to, it has to be... Uh, a part of it in some way shape or form wherever it shows up on the list is that there was a lot of effort that went into this and it and it paid off visually mm-hmm. uh, for them now all of that being said two oscars for best animated feature and best visuals yeah you can't argue with that yeah but those aren't about the story the actors the the direction or anything else, those are about the things that we've been gushing about now for yeah. half an hour, right? Yeah. And I, I think we're 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 on there. But um, you know, with thirty three wins on sixty seven nominations and these two Oscars, there's you can't say it's a bad movie. But so, is it a Pantheon movie? What I will say, and we were talking about this while we were watching that um while we were watching this together that um we were wrestling with whether or not that the anima- the animation style of the movie Corpus the the main part mm-hmm. was worth enough pantheon like was that alone the thing that was that like was it so great I mean that this every like let's assume everything else was fine but this is so great that it has to but then we watched the credits and I loved the animation style of the credits and you even said I'd have liked the whole movie done in this in style. this style. Absolutely, yeah. and it was I would have like loved the movie 70s, done in that style. Like it was a, like a um, it was a cross between Schoolhouse Rocks, and <laughs> South Park, and Schoolhouse Rocks, and but also they a little had, bit of Family Guy, and but then they had that awesome "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," which uh, Wait, what word did you almost just say? Guitar. Oh, I'm sorry, I heard a different word. Go ahead. What word did you hear? I heard it started with a V. I while my Guitar oh. gently weeps. So I, I didn't I just, call it a guitar. No, I didn't know. I, I didn't was, even have a guitar. Guitar. Now I'm going to have to Google that later. No, that wasn't home. even a real word. I didn't know where you were going. So, but uh, but I I loved the end credit scene. Yeah, um, me too. And yeah. I thought, like I said, if the whole film, 
had been shot in that style, that would have been amazing. Some trivia from IMDb about the film. Number one, The Skeleton Demon, based on Gasha Dakuro of Japanese folklore, is the largest stop-motion puppet to be built at, uh, at least uh, said so by uh, the studio, mm -hmm. standing at 18 feet tall. Yeah, we saw some video clips of, I think they're actually in the credit scene, of the film being shot with that thing on a green screen, yeah. and it was just, just super cool. That boat sequence took 19 months to shoot. Now, I don't Imagine know if that's like committing. front to back 19 months or if it's like 19 months worth of time. I have a good question. But imagine committing to a year and a half of your life to shoot a, a scene in a movie. An hour At an hour and 41 minutes long, this is the longest stop motion film to date, beating out Coraline by a minute. Right. Which is also from the same studios, like a studios. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the film, during the festival... Kameo asks Kubo to work a giant fire-breathing chicken into his story, which he does. This creature is actually a real yokai in Japanese mythology called a basan. Now, I want a, a kaiju movie with a basan. <laughs> is that too much to ask right there? No, no. I think that the that basan, like kaiju basan, would be a movie that I would pay <laughs> money for. <laughs> Uh, the design of Kubo's father when he meets him at the end of the film is based on Toshiro Mifune that, from Seven Samurai. Mm -hmm. He even resembles Mifune in his beetle form. He does. This was the lowest grossing film to be released by Leica, and it is the first Leica film not to make over $100 million. It made 73 And the boat was covered in about a quarter of a million leaves, all placed carefully by hand. Great. In addition to that, there is some fun, because we were chatting earlier yes. about this, and it really needs to be mentioned. So the studio wasn't originally called Lakai. Uh, Bill Vinton yep. Studios or something like that. Vinton Studios. And, and he is the grandfather of claymation and stop motion, yeah. and uh, was being funded by the founder of Nike. Yeah. And uh, made several movies and lost some money, and the story goes that lost enough money that the founder of Nike just kind of bumped him out and took over the took over the studio so who so phil knight the founder phil knight. Uh, of of nike who did phil knight choose to uh put in his role well uh, a, a, a little known rapper named chili t chili t <laughs> aka travis knight his son he put his son in charge of the studio uh you know you want your children to succeed yeah, Travis so Knight, give him a good job. funded by his uh, billionaire father, <laughs> did not want to do his rap career anymore, so he went into movie making. I, that is one version of the story that I have heard, and, unconfirmed. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. And, and again, you know, there will come a time when Travis Knight has possibly directed many, many films, and he's going to, if they keep with this kind of quality of product he is gonna put out something that just blows the socks off everybody now fun from his studio that yes did the stop motion yeah. but they're like okay what else did he do bumblebee, bumblebee. from the transformers yeah, you know, series bumblebee. You know he did one. bumblebee yeah that one you're like okay well what's his next film gonna be something like i don't i don't know you're like well it was at least scheduled to be released in 2021, but I don't know if it would like what happened to it. But the six million dollar man remake yes. starring Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> as the six million dollar man. So we'll see what happens with that. I think they they might rename it as the six million dollar underwear model. I think that was the other uh, uh, 
possible title of that one. So let's talk about votes. How's this doing so far? As of this recording, how's Nathan, it of course, is a yes because yeah. it's his nomination. Brandon chimed in with a yes. Matthew yes. Wade chimed in with a no. Yeah. So those, those are the only votes that no, we Rachel. know. No, Rachel. those are the only votes that we know so far. Oh, we don't far. know the other one. We okay. don't know any of the rest of them. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, that that's just a, we know one I, other I vote. Didn't, I didn't delete that from we the know, script from last time. Yeah. We know one other vote, and that is the guest voter, Mimwa. Mr. Miggity Mac. Mr. Miggity Mac. And so anybody who's listened to this podcast and didn't just skip forward to voting time, you could probably figure it out. That for me, uh, I use a mathematical model to do this, right? And I go through all so of the a lot of downward inflections and, that you're adding to the ends of your sentences is which it signify kind a of negative, a, a negative, a negative result. I use a lot of downward inflection. I use a lot of mathematical no, 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 models. No. I use mathematical <laughs> models, uh, and I give each element a score, and then based on their score, then I add those up and average them. And this one, you know, it, it's it's not it's going to be a no for me. So, and we do have uh, a Facebook poll that is at a yes, 75 yeah, yes, 31 absolutely. no currently. So right now, it's standing at three yeses and two no's. Correct. It needs four more it to cannot, get in yeah, from the council. AKA, it can't have more than four no's. Yeah. Uh, so, it's got three yeses and it needs four more to get in. Correct. Um, and uh, if I were voting on this movie, that I would lean towards no as well. Yeah. Just um, there's a lot of things I liked about the movie, but I haven't, I didn't gush about it so much that it was uh, like, yeah. You know, but, but I mean, I I had a, a similar reaction to Spirited Away, and I don't know if it's the subject matter or if it's the if it's the style, if to it's the pacing. The best little whorehouse in Texas. Well, you gave it a no. I, I said no a lot this season. You've been Captain No this season. I have fact. been Captain No this yeah. season. And, and, and uh, Adam Kromacho has been Captain Yes, except not on Best Little Horror House in Texas. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, what that is is it, it, people are voting based on how they actually feel about the movie. My vote doesn't matter, but Mr. Miggity Max vote. Just on this one movie. On this one, one movie time, does count. Does count. That is correct. So, any final thoughts as we close up tonight? I. Am happy to have viewed every single movie, including Kubo, and I keep wanting to call it the Three Strings because two strings played no part in the story. Thank you very much. Uh, but I, 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 why is it called the Two Strings? Because of his parents. I'm, you know what? I don't it know. It has that's the three strings. It is. It, it, like in reading it's up because on of it, his parents that that his at one point he broke one of the strings and he only had two left but then he could add a third which was his own those, hair yeah. the, but one was from the hair of his mom and one was one was something that his father gave him they were uh, hair of his mom he wove into a bracelet yeah. and he used that his father gave him something which was also being worn as a bracelet that became another string and then he used his own hair yeah magically stretched that out to the length of the, the showing the connection of family, family right there and so on he didn't know his dad and his mom has been having memory troubles and, and his so. grandfather who was the big bad the entire movie absolutely the big evil big boss when you get to the very end was actually just an old guy with alzheimer's in any case the three string kubo and the two strings uh i'm glad to have seen this movie as well because i love the experience of watching things not just that i think in advance i'm going to like but that i have no idea if i'm going to like them or not uh -huh. Uh, I have been surprised this season, 
in a movie I didn't really want to watch, and I watched it, and I and I was and I was very happy I'd seen it and, and liked it quite a bit. And I've also had uh, movies this season where I was excited to watch it, and I didn't like it so much. This was uh, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, and so you know I I I, I think I had I thought I had seen it before. I hadn't. So this is kind of a wild ride this season. It has. Nominations from all over the place, but most of them ha- have some sort of like childlike love that, that went into the to the nomination, or like they reflect on the a growing up experience. Yeah, I mean, starting with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, seriously, yeah. right? So uh, it, it's been an interesting season, and we don't know what will happen next. Uh, we've got one more nomination to come. We have the guest nomination, we have the guest nomination which is coming John from Shippey. John Shippey. Yeah, and uh, there's some rumors as to what that might be, but we do not know. And as far as guest nominations, for those who are listening, is the uh, the people that are asked to be guest nominators are people who are active in the Facebook in the comments group. They're section. making comments. And, you know, when a nomination is made, they vote, but then they also post, you know, Some active reasons. comments. But, but they're, they're regularly posting yeah. and talking about movies and so on. And so that guest nomination is something that, uh, you know, we, we picked that at the end of the year yeah. based on uh, activity and participation. Yeah, so if you want to be a part of that, that's uh, that's how you can be a, that that's yeah. how you can put your name in the hat. Yeah, to to be chosen as a guest nominator for the end of the season, and after that, we'll we'll have one more podcast where we do a recap of the season mm-hmm. and talk about what's all the votes and what's coming season. up next time, and we'll pull we'll pull. Uh, We'll talk about a Facebook poll that will happen where mm-hmm. face where people uh, get to put in nominations and then the uh, the Facebook gets to vote which, straight up vote straight up vote which which they the, want. The in. council has no say so. Yeah, the all of all of us on Facebook get to just like put movies in there. Well, it's the and, council puts movies in. Well, that's true. Council puts movies in there. I apologize. Then everybody just straight up, votes straight up votes. And whatever gets the most. That's how from the Karate Facebook Kid poll, got in last time. Which it should have been there anyway, but yeah. hey, whatever. All right. To wrap this up, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Video Land find you? You will. They will find me on Facebook on Adventures in Video Land, and you'll find me there as well. And you can find us on Instagram and AdventuresInVideoLand.com, our website, as well as the Facebook page, because the conversation, as always, begins and ends on Facebook. So you have been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Video Landers. If you must blink, do it now. Do it now. Nah, that's nah, not no, no. How about this? We, we love, love you. you.